Welcome back to The Growth Guide. Today, we have Catherine Cortez, owner at Black Card Marketing. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. So first thing I want to touch on is you. So can you tell us a bit about yourself and your journey in the field of marketing that led you to establish uh, your, the agency? Yeah, I mean, it's been a long journey. I always tell my clients, like, don't be fooled by, you know, my look, because I, I get that I look a lot younger than I probably am. <laughs> so I tell them, don't be fooled, because I've actually been in this game for more than 15 years. And uh, I started off actually in 2007, November of 2007. I, I'm from Canada, but my family, my parents, my husband, everyone's from Panama. And I actually moved down to Panama and I wanted to have a job that could pay me sufficient income down there. So uh, it's called Upwork now, but at the time it was called Odesk. And I jo joined Odesk and there was a company in the United States that said, hey, Facebook uh, just started launching advertising and we have a business in setting up ads for these businesses. And that was actually, now that I like think about it now, they were really early in the game and they already had that idea of setting up campaigns for businesses. And back then Facebook was so easy. It was like a few buttons, a few clicks and, and you're done. So uh, I decided, well, what do I have to lose? They were paying pretty okay. And I dove into that. They did tell me the catch was I had to find my own clients. So I ended up doing sales for marketing too. <laughs> and I didn't know anything about marketing at that time. Uh, so I started learning how to like everything about marketing and running ads and I liked it. So from there, I learned how to do copywriting and I started copywriting in 2008 and I, I probably did over a thousand articles for a pretty large company um, back in, in 2008 for, for in a six month period. And it's crazy. Like we just pump out articles and we worked with webmasters and I loved what the webmasters would do. So then I dove into website design and I learned how to design websites. And we had a guy that he did server management and I love that. So I learned how to manage servers. So I just started going into really early on. Then I started my own company uh, years ago with a couple of friends that were working with me and we managed servers. We did website design and we did Google ads for them. And we also ran some Facebook ads. And from there, it just like kind of escalated and grew. Then I started working for a couple uh, large corporations. And from there, I became a project manager and business analyst. I got my certifications and I had this opportunity to go full time in my own thing in marketing. And I said, well, I put so much effort and passion into these other businesses. Imagine what I could do for myself. So then I decided to uh, start my business again and go full time in it. Uh, I have, I still have the business cards. I started like five agencies <laughs> before <laughs> I found one that actually like stuck. <laughs> and it's just a reminder looking at those business cards. So I started that agency and I merged project management and business analysis together with marketing. And I realized because I worked so much with C-level and big corporations and I realized you can't just have a marketing campaign and run with it. It's not just sit and forget and hope for the best. You have to be able to marry both sides of the business, the marketing side, the sales side, and the sale, well, there's more than two sides, marketing, sales, uh, you have your, the entire business flow has to work together to get that conversion. 
So then I focus my agency on conversion and growth. That is what we're about. If we cannot get you conversions and growth, then we're not doing our job, period. So that's how now it came to be. Now I've had this agency for seven, almost eight years now. Wow. That's uh, that's quite the story. So you kind of you've been in since the beginning, beginning yeah. of advertising. So with obviously like Facebook, I imagine because I'm 22, so I was born in 2001. So I had oh, no okay. idea about Facebook advertising in 2007. But now it's for a lot of people who haven't done it, it's scary and it can be difficult. With that being said, how do you guys stay her stay ahead of the curve and adapt to new marketing trends? Uh, testing, 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 always. Uh, we, even before when we first have a client, we onboard them. Well, before we even onboard them, before they even sign and pay, we say, you have to have a testing budget. If you can't afford a testing budget, we can't work with you. Like straight up. Yeah. We have to be able, because some, a lot of times uh, customers, they think, well, we call them our partners. They're not clients, they're our partners. Our partners think that you can test at the beginning and then never test again but it changes every week, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to constantly make sure that we have the best creatives, the best audiences and everything. So when one starts to die out, we know exactly what to do to replace it. And that way our clients can maintain consistency. I will say a few years ago, I remember, oh my gosh, and I hope I don't have any like partners that are looking at this video, but I remember <laughs> where we would be able to launch a campaign and it would work for like two years straight and we wouldn't have to touch it. Holy shit. And that was nice because we just launch it. We just be like this, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just look at it make sure everything's going good. Gone are the days when you would do that. Yeah. Now it's just, it's wild. You have to be constantly optimizing, looking at it daily, looking at it every week. You can't just let it run. Uh, it changes so much. It gets expensive and actually interesting enough how you said, how do you keep up with it? Well, we're always looking at all the trends. We're, so we're uh, Facebook partners too. We have our own reps and they help us with a lot of that information, but we like to also dig and I love X for that yeah. too. And I like to dig and see what other people are doing. I even buy other people's courses and see what they're doing. Cause even if we know 90% of what they're teaching, if there's even a 1% that we can take out of it, that just adds to our Rolodex, right? So yeah. it's great. And so, Funny enough, so I actually teach uh, courses and I taught an MBA at university here. So I actually yeah. teach at university and I tell the students and they feel kind of conflicted when I say this, but I tell the students, there's a reason why I'm here teaching this and not your professor because <laughs> <laughs> marketing changes all the time yeah. and no university is going to update textbooks every week. They're going to yeah. update it probably every five years. So by the time you're out of school, you're already outdated, <laughs> exactly. right? So you have to start learning from pretty, pretty much from scratch and you learn in the field doing it. Yep. So, so that's why I go and I teach and they, they bring people like myself and they, to, to teach these different courses because they, they have a gap that they have to fill and somebody has to be able to give them the updated information. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm so happy you said test, test, test. Cause I, that's exactly what we do when we're running campaigns. It's the same thing. It's like, I've never met somebody who can look at a batch of creatives, an audience, and tell me what's going to work. I mean, if you have, I'd love to hire them, but it's that's not how it works. You need to test, test, test all the time. Exactly. So happy you said that because I think the best marketing agencies are the ones that do that. Exactly. And well, over the years, you gain a really good 
idea of what may work better than others. Yeah. Uh, so, and if you work with certain niches, you kind of automatically know what will work yeah. and what, what doesn't. And so you start with that, right? Yeah. So that's kind of your benchmark. Let's start with what we know historically has worked well, and then try a bunch of other things to put pin up against that and see if we could do better or see if, you know, maybe we're wrong. Maybe that isn't the best way to do it. Right. So yeah, I agree with you. So how do you guys navigate the challenges of ad platform algorithm changes? Cause I know with Facebook, like we are so reliant on the algorithm right now. How do you guys kind of weave through that? So that's a really great question because, um, there's the algorithm can change every day, but us as buyers, as humans, we don't really change too much. The principles are pretty much the same, right? Of course, there, like, there's external factors that change our, our way of thinking about things. Like you can see the different generations, they all have their way of thinking, <laughs> different from my generation. And you have to adapt to those different generations, but it doesn't change overnight, right? Like mm -hmm. it usually takes a whole generation. So if you can adapt to how the buyer works, how their mind works, then you adapt your campaigns to that and then let the algorithm help you reach the right people. So the way we look at the algorithm is like, it's, it's, it's a baby that you have to guide at first. It knows nothing. You have to come up with the plan and the strategy by understanding your consumer, understanding that pathway to success, and then guide the algorithm by feeding it as much of that data as you can, okay? then that algorithm will start to learn and do the things and find the right people and get the right conversions for you based on what you teach it. Once that happens, I'm totally okay with letting the algorithm do its thing. Like I don't need to worry about it. Once I get that initial, I'm teaching you out of the way. My job after that is to make sure I have the right creative that will convince my customer that I'm their best choice. Right. So I don't know if that makes sense. Hundred percent, it does. Maybe for <laughs> but, the audience. Maybe for the audience, it's. I think. Tell me if I get this wrong, but the way to dumb it down is basically at the start you need to teach the algorithm. It's almost in the same way when you teach Chat GPT when you're trying to get a specific answer. Exactly, you need to yeah. feed it a bunch of prompts. Prompts. That's from quotations for anybody listening on audio, mm -hmm. um, and just a bunch of data so that it knows who you're trying to reach. Uh, with it because wh when you feed this data you're not really going like specific audiences like at least us we go fairly broad audiences and let the algorithm kind of niche down from there yeah and that's actually really interesting because you know you have your broad audience your look like audience you have mm -hmm. your interests right you have also your customer list which you tend to turn into look like audience so there's there's a ton of different possibilities now facebook has changed where they have like their automated audience, right? And now interests and lists turn into suggestions. I don't know if you noticed that. It's no longer, tell me what you want us now. You can give us a suggestion, right? Yeah. So that's still kind of poking them in the right direction. You know, I'm gonna give you a bit of a suggestion, but it, it looks like Facebook wants to go more broad overall. Yeah. The challenge with that is, is and I feel kind of bad for the more niche markets, it gets really difficult for niche markets. Yeah. Because broad isn't always going to be right. I'll give you an example. We have a we have a partner and they sell 
tween girls clothing. That is very niche. <laughs> okay, we're talking about a specific age group and specifically girls. Yeah. <laughs> Once upon a time, you could target your competitors' names as an interest. You could go buy certain, like you can still do like certain age groups and parents and whatnot, but it's not the same as it used to. It's really kind of died down. Now it's getting really difficult. So you have to think outside the box So we had to start thinking about, okay, what are the different interests that parents would have outside of them just being a parent, but still kind of ties into being a parent. So then interest started working really well, better than lookalike actually. Okay. Now they're going more broad. So now we have to kind of focus on an age group. Mm -hmm. Okay. We know women are more likely to buy than men. And we know that women in this age group are more likely to have children in this age group. So then we have to kind of guess. And so it gets a little more complicated, like Facebook, I say Facebook's meta, I guess it's so hard for me to go from Facebook to meta, but meta requires a lot less from you yeah. than it used to. But at the same time, it's kind of like screwing you over. <laughs> if you know what I mean? So you have to adapt. And that kind of answers that last question you asked about how do you keep up? Well, adapt, it's not just testing. You need to be able to adapt yeah. very well. So you have to be agile. Yep. And also not being afraid for anybody listening. If you're running ads on your own, have an agency yourself, whatever, don't be afraid to fail. Cause me personally, that's always what I'm trying to do. I want to fail as fast as humanly possible yeah. so that I can start to figure out what's right. That's one more check to mark off on the box. Absolutely. Fail faster. So every every partner we have, we run them through what we call a pilot phase. Okay. And we tell them, okay, doesn't matter if you already have data or not. If you have data, that's helpful. If you don't, then we definitely need to do this, but you have to go through a pilot phase that lasts anywhere between two to four weeks is what we usually say. And that is when you have to be willing to spend a little bit more than you're used to daily. I'll give you an example. Let's just say $2,000 a week as an example. Yeah. And that is look at it as an investment for your overall future growth of your business. Do not expect conversions during this time. We tell them that straight up, you're going to spend this amount of money and we're going to learn as quickly as possible with this budget. We may not spend all the budget. We may not be able to spend all the budget, but you have to be willing to, if it comes yeah. down to that. And we learn fast and we fail fast and we figure it out. Just like we just figured out faster. So that's an investment. If yeah. you don't have the money to do that, go get a grant or something, but you got to get it done. Yep. And every client we, we have, we pass them through that pilot phase. By the end of the pilot phase, sometimes we find the perfect combination in the first week. And then they're already banking after week one, which is awesome. <laughs> sometimes it takes four weeks, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's what we do. <laughs> So looking ahead, what trends do you foresee in the future of marketing and how are you guys prepared to handle those? Um, so we've already been doing it. And I think if, if anyone is not thinking about doing this right now, you have to get on it because you're going to get left behind one content creation. My agency used to, so we used to kind of do everything and then we shifted to just Facebook and Google ads, mm -hmm. like media buying. And then we realized, holy crap. <laughs> Our clients, they need way more than that to be successful, right? Yep. So then I'm like, okay, we're going to have to 
offer pretty much everything necessary to help them be successful. So our new motto is we'll do everything in our power to help you be successful. And that's Google ads, Facebook ads, actually ads in multiple places, not just that. Um, we do SEO, we do uh, landing page design, funnel design. We have videographers, photographers. We do the video, we do the scripting, we do all of that. Uh, and we leverage all those things to help build an all encompassing plan to help them get the conversions they need. The biggest part of that is uh, creative videos. They need to be able to create multiple video content for us to split test. And they have to be pumping out video like crazy. So we have something called 30 days of, of, of content. Yep. And we spit out 30 days worth of different types of video scripting for them to just start working on and doing it either on their own. If they can't, then they have to hire someone or us to go shoot for them. And they have to constantly be providing us that video content. So, and please stop me if I'm going way too deep into this, but we have something called the, the trust path analysis. I don't know if you've ever heard something like this before. No. So this is actually a key to our success and it's trade secrets. <laughs> <laughs> So remember I was talking about the whole emotional thing about the client, right? The yep. client goes through these different levels of emotions. Um, you'd have to know client psych, uh, psychology to mesh it in with marketing. And when we map out a conversion rate optimization plan, because let's say our, our client is having problems converting. Well, we first start with, okay, well, what are the different ways that you're getting your client to engage with you? Okay. Whether it's an ad or some other way. Let's say it's a video ad. Okay. The first step is in the top of this funnel is, is that video ad engaging? Yes or no. Then we look at key indicators that show us if they're engaging or not. You probably know what some of those key indicators are. And then if that's a yes, it's engaging. We move on to the next step, right? And we see, you know, our destination, is it relevant? Is it not relevant? Right? And you know, there's different stages to that funnel until we reach the conversion. However, what sometimes people um, fail to see is that the consumer has a certain heightened level of excitement. Mm -hmm. They're feeling excited. Once you've engaged them, they're excited. Our goal is to keep them excited throughout the entire sales process. If we're failing in any one of those sections in our sales pipeline, then we need to come back and think, how can we fill in the gap and keep them excited? A lot of times they'll be excited up until they see the price and they're like, oh, but why are they feeling? Oh, well, there's objections. Now they're in their head. They're balancing out. Is there value in this for the price they're asking for? If they're asking themselves that question and dropping off at price, then you're not doing a good job at convincing them about your value. So you need to work on that. So mm -hmm. then we'll create different pieces of video content and written that kind of fill in the, the gaps for yeah. that entire process. Right. And part of it is also improving our offer as well. How can we make it seem more valuable, right? Yeah. In the customer's eyes. So that that's what that is. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I really like that theory. So before we wrap up, where can our audience find you? Um, so I am like, we have a saying in Panama in Spanish, I'll say in English, and it's basically the swordsmith carries a wooden sword. 
<laughs> and what that means is that you promote this stuff, but you don't do a fairly good job of promoting yourself. <laughs> We've probably all been there at some point. Oh, yeah. I have like serious imposter syndrome. Yeah. So I try to not, you know, I'm working on it. I'm working on being out there. But um, I have another company. It's my consulting and, and teaching and everything company, and it's called Markitex. So you could uh, find me on YouTube. I have some courses there on YouTube, not a whole lot because I haven't updated in like two years. But Markitex says M-A-R-K. Sorry, give me a, I actually have it here. M-A-R-K-A-T-E-C-T-S. Perfect. So I'm on YouTube there. Um, you can also find me on different social channels as uh, Cat ad lord because <laughs> i'm the ad lord i did not call myself that i was given that name uh so <laughs> just so you know and for anybody listening i'll make sure to put those down in the show notes in the description so you guys can find her nice and easy thank you appreciate that no worries thank you again for joining us today yeah thank you for the interview appreciate it no worries all right take care